Children begin by loving their parents. After a time, they judge them. Rarely, if ever, do they forgive them. Hi, it's Condé Nasty. All women become like their mothers. That is their tragedy. No man does, and that is his. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hey, Ursula, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am well. Did you do anything fun last night? Uh, sat alone, drinking, and watching How to Get Away with Murder. So, you know, a standard Saturday night for me. <laughs> Very fun. I went to the HRC fundraising gala in Chicago last night. Have you ever been? No. How was it? It was a good time. Um, by the way, if for all of those straight female allies who attend, you know, women always say you never get to wear that, that uh, over-the-top bridesmaids dress again. But I will tell you, that's where those... Those bridesmaids' dresses go to be reused and repurposed. It is very fun. I love any instance where gay men give straight women the excuse to drag it up. (laughs) Um, My other favorite part about gay galas, I founded a nonprofit this year that is getting some traction, so I'm finding myself invited to more of these things. And I've learned this year that gay galas, which I've avoided for a long time, seem to be where the gays who are into men in suits go to... uh, find one another it's sort of their iml and if you ever go into the washroom during the keynote speech it is full of men and they are there not there to urinate (laughs) uh we're a lovely but trash people when you get right down to it Uh. yeah are you now interested in attending should i offer you a ticket next year i wouldn't say no (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) anything else before we get into the episode no, I'm, I have a lot of feelings. In case it wasn't obvious from our pull quotes at the top of the episode, uh, this episode is going to dive deep into the issue of gay men and their mothers. And I think you could write, I think several books, in fact, have been written on that. So I, I am very excited to talk about this, this week's episode. Nice. Okay, so we'll just get a little, we'll start off at least in a chronological order. So... Um, What did you think of the discussion in the workroom uh, after, you know, coming off of the previous episode where they were kind of ragging on Baga for having a defeatist uh, attitude before going into that lip sync? It's it's always weird to me because it's happened a couple of times over the... Or actually, she didn't even have to lip sync. I'm now remembering. She thought she would, but she didn't. But she was like... Like, I, that's it. I've gone far. This isn't going to work out for me. I apologize. Reframing. Go on. But yeah, it's, this happens where it's like, they'll say something at the, at, during the judging period, and at the top of the next episode, flatly deny that was their thinking. I'm like, first of all, that was like 10 minutes ago for you, and we watched last week's episode, and they probably showed us a recap. I never understand where they're like, oh, that's not, I, I wasn't thinking that. You literally said the words, I'm thinking that, nay, three minutes ago. I don't, uh, I don't understand, like, there's no reason for Baga not to just say, yeah, I got down to myself, need to dust myself off and keep going, and I will, because I'm fabulous, much better. Like, that's all you gotta do. All you have to do is say, yeah, I was down, now I'll be back up. I don't understand the weird refusal to acknowledge the thing that literally just happened that a room full of people with recording equipment bore witness to. Yeah, no, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and my answer to that is, you're right, but also self-awareness is relative, 
and how aware she was of her mood at that time. I feel like it has more to do with Baga's relationship with herself than with her knowledge of the reality that she's on a reality show and it's being uh, recorded. Um, I will say the... For me, it was interesting because it was... Like, I am somebody where if I am nervous about something and I put a lot of high stakes on it and it matters to me and I tell myself that I might psych myself out a little bit or get nervous. But if I have a, this is the worst thing that can happen, I'm sort of resolved that it'll happen. So I have a, like, who gives a fuck? I'm just going to go out there and try attitude. I succeed. And I know, like, I, I, I follow Trixie Mattel pretty closely. I listen to podcasts she's on and stuff. And she's talked about how she always feels like it's when she's in, like, small towns, you know, in red states where she feels like, oh, they're going to hate me. And she has, like, a totally, like, defeated sort of sarcastic drag queen energy. And she's, like, she's already decided they're going to hate her, so she's just going to go out there and have fun and wing it that she, like, kills. And I kind of felt like the way Baga was talking about in the workroom was, like, this has worked for me. I just prepare myself for the worst so I don't freak myself out or psych myself out and I go and I do my best and I feel like that's an attitude that I know a lot of people are like you should be confident and whatever like I get where personally if I was back like I would never say that to somebody allowed in that situation because people want to build you up and sometimes setting yourself for the lowest expectations and going out there and trying your best at least for me that's often been a recipe for success and I feel like nobody was going to give her the space to do that. And she wasn't going to try to articulate it again. I just thought it was, I thought she shouldn't have shared. And if she was going to share it, she should have kept it. She shouldn't have shared it. And she should have owned it if she was going to share it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. So then they move into the puppet challenge. I thought the puppet challenge was fun. I thought they did surprisingly good imitations of one another. For all of my criticism of Cheryl as being basic, she did a really good job of imitating Baga, I thought, um, and satirizing her. The only thing is it felt like... Yeah, it was fine. Like, uh, again... She's not a comedy queen, and she got her vocal cadences. Oh, I just meant overall. It kind of had the same feel for me as the library, where it was like, these are fine. These are good. They're not not really reading. Yeah. Like th- this, yeah, they was... were impersonations. Yeah, this was not Bob reading uh, D- Derek Barry for filth uh, with with his puppet. Like it didn't quite have the edge I've come to expect from my from my puppet shows. No, for sure they were they were doing impersonations. They were not reading. That is absolutely what happened. I thought they, but that's my point. Is I thought they did good impersonations. Yeah, I'll of give one that. another. Yeah, they did not do good reading. Yeah, that yeah. and I I feel like for what everyone was doing, I thought Cheryl was. I just don't expect her to be able to be funny, and she was just as funny and good at imitations as the rest of them. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I didn't think Davina deserved to win, but whatever. I don't think any of those matter anymore. Ever, but certainly not now. <laughs> so then we move into the main challenge. What were your thoughts on 
or well, I mean, the reveal that it's a that it's a mick over your the women in your family challenge. What were your uh, thoughts? So many. Uh, first, I love the makeover challenge. It's one of the most fun. Uh, there's something they say about like like the best way to remind yourself of why you like doing what you do is teach it to other people. So I always enjoy the makeover episodes because watching the drag queens have to translate what they do, why they do it, and how they do it for civilians is a nice little reminder of, oh, right, this is why I put up with all of the crap because these are the things I get out of it. And I find I f- that as well outside of my drag life. You know, when I, when, I do, when I explain how my job works to someone, it's a nice little reminder of, right, that's why I'm here. Right. Good, good reminder. I was, ex- I'm ex- I was excited by the idea of them using their female relatives because uh, it, it was like a callback to Drag You, a show I feel is not perfect, but a little underappreciated. There were several episodes that I thought really had some insight and some fun. And if, if you watch the show as a meditation on connecting uh, cis women to their bodies in a way that's uh, taking ownership of them and how they're presented, rather than just a homily on how to look more feminine... The show's actually pretty good, so I was kind of I was kind of curious to see how that would land in this uh, in this setting, and then the family members just made it. So, uh, have they done family members before? They did. They did best friends. They did, and then everyone else. They did family members and all stars too. Oh right, their mom. Right. Uh, I was, God, how could I forget the babushka? That was amazing. Um, there's so much drag that I now feel less bad about forgetting even iconic things because there's just so much of it. Um, <laughs> but I was excited. When when Cheryl's sister walked in, I thought for a second, bitch, that is the closest you are going to get to a ticket to the top three. Because Cheryl's sister walking in off the street looks like Cheryl in drag. What I think is funny is the whole time I was like, I feel like Cheryl is doing her sister, and I love that her sister, like, she's doing a type of Essex woman who wears a lot of makeup and has, like, blonde, like, iron hair-straightening hair, uh, and I love that her sister came in and confirmed the joke I was <laughs> making the first, like, four episodes about Cheryl to be true, and I, I was in no way surprised, and I agree. I felt like, especially, like, the edit at the top was very much implying that she was going to win this challenge or, or she had a good shot because her sister and her are so much alike and look so much alike that it would be easy. Yeah, right. and, and she seemed game for it, which is always the big uh, question mark in the makeover challenge. Is your partner going yeah. to... Yeah, energy yeah, matters. It's like Cheryl was like, shit, this is our lives. We go out looking like this on a Saturday and get pissed drunk in an alley somewhere. I'm like, yes, this is... Cheryl's not not my favorite drag queen. I don't. I certainly don't dislike Cheryl, but Cheryl's definitely like smack dab in the middle of my personal ranking of drag queens. But it was still super fun to see her sister walk in and have it yeah. just be like, "Wow, it's like looking into a drunk mirror." It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Gaiman and their sisters. Like, I have two sisters, one of whom is much more matronly, and one who I'm a lot alike and very close with and I feel like their relationship reminded me of ours in our 20s. I really wanted to say more matronly than you? Really? Uh. <laughs> Anyways. You know what? I'm going to hand the steering wheel over to you. Do you want to kind of yeah. proceed us through the remainder? So of then, the yeah. So then uh, Davina's sister was my my personal favorite relative of, of the outing. They were so cute together. Uh, 
like like you said, gay men and their sisters. I don't have a sister. I have many. I have many close female friends, obviously. But I get like it was a really sweet energy. And when she said she's like four months pregnant, so I assume Davina already knew that wasn't like shocking revelation on the show. But it was really cute, and I think Davina will be a super fun gay uncle. And like I, I just. They charmed me without being cloying, which rarely happens. Normally, I find other people being happy deeply offensive, but they just seemed really nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, no, they they did seem nice. She seemed sweet. I do think it was funny that the drag queens commented that she's in here and she's four months pregnant and she's thinner than all of them. <laughs> uh, and then, now onto the moms. I oh, yeah. I loved the idea of it be of, of them getting their moms in because it's just gay men and their mothers have very special relationships. They make us the bitches we are. Um, I, I at the top of the episode, if you asked me to place bets on who these women would be walking in, I would have pegged the Vivian as having like the emotionally austere uh, Downton Abbey mom, where it's like we don't talk about our feelings, but we do have them. We just bury them deep 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 inside and that bag and her mom basically smelling vaguely of yeah. sherry uh <laughs> and yep. that bag and her mom would have been like jackie and rose tyler uh doctor who reference for anyone out there just like 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 a trashier gilmore girls basically where it's like your base like yeah. sure you've probably fight sometimes but it's because you're basically the same person and you love each other and you get each other and you have a ton of shared experiences that only the two of you have together like i could, that's what i would have pegged like like a older brassier foul mouth version of baga where you're like oh god yeah totally totally see it and the energy was Apple doesn't fall from yeah, the tree. Like yeah. the energies were almost flipped. Like the the Vivian's mom, you know, she wasn't like a party girl, but like they seemed way more like easily connected than than Baga and her mom, even in the workroom, let alone the runway. Yeah, I would definitely agree with what you were saying regarding like predictions on their moms. I don't think I would say they were flipped, but you know, the Viv's mom seemed. Like a middle-class mom who likes to and is capable of having fun and is not cold and has a relationship with the Viv. Like, probably doesn't know everything about the Viv and Viv's life, but knows enough. They're close. They they love each other. Um, she's capable of showing feelings um, and having fun with this. Uh, whereas Baga and her mom, I mean, I'm not going to say it's the elephant in the room because it's more like the herd of elephants in the room. But uh, that was, I, like, I can't even give a quick summation right now. Obviously different than a trashier British Gilmore Girls dynamic, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have too much to say about the Viv and her mom. They seemed to work together well. And, like, I'm going to just talk about everything up into the runway. They seemed to work together well. She playfully teased her mom. She was, like, nice with her and her mom was funny and present. Um... The situation with Cheryl and her sister and the bodysuit was interesting. I also thought it was interesting that Cheryl was like, I know Michelle hates bodysuits, but bodysuits are a big part of the Cheryl whole brand. And so I'm doing that. Um, what were your thoughts? Uh, overall, it was like, it was a good workroom energy. Um, I enjoyed watching just about, I enjoyed the, the, the several scenes of like pairs of them together chit-chatting about things i don't know like it 
it was one of the, it was just nice some like and that was that was just fun for me watching you know like the one mom and one sister sitting with with their respective queen all just you know getting ready and talking about stuff i don't know it's it's silly to put think about that as like the thing that comes to mind for the episode but that's what i enjoy and that's what i enjoy most about the makeover episodes is the like bonding while getting into drag it was like that episode of nicole byer and monique uh hart and uh, getting yeah. her up in drag i don't know yeah i i i find it's almost like a like a like like being in a beauty salon or a barbershop one of those like th- this is a place where we come to like take care of ourselves and be nice to and each yeah other. i agree <laughs> and it always i love a good makeover montage in any movie i don't think it's healthy to promote the idea that like plucking your eyebrows and putting on a nice dress and whatever is going to change everything or suddenly you'll get attention from the boys and your life will be meaningful. Like, I, it can send <laughs> problematic messages, but I always think, like, the spirit and energy of it is fun, um, and it feels like an extended version of that for me. I do feel yeah. a little bit like Cheryl was freaking out, and what I was thinking was, you have a sister who basically looks like a plus-size version of you, who is, like, ready-willing and able, game and able-bodied, uh, all you need is to be wearing complimentary... Like, you're going to put yourselves in the same wig. All you need to be doing is wearing complimentary colors or... Yeah. Like, you don't even need the exact same silhouette. You're gonna... Like, it's gonna be so hard for you to not land on family resemblance that her freaking out to me was like, you could... if they, Like, there. I'm sure you have an option that will work. Like, I'm sure you do. Right, they they could have stomped the runway, they could have stomped that runway in Nina and Sugar's pride yeah. trans flag outfits, and Michelle would not have been right, able to right. say you don't totally. look like each other. Um, <laughs> which I, yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, Davina and her sister, they did, they had a lot of sweet, fun time together. I thought their talk with Rue was very sweet and cute, um, and I like that. Davina was argumentative about the red wig setup, and then totally went with her classic red wig. That the Viv gave her shit about for her makeover challenge. Um, I guess let's open the, that bag of shite. And boy, was it. And boy, yeah, we have to. was it. Yeah, um, we have to now. Like, at first I was wondering, is this just, you know, maybe mom has a little stage fright. It's a, it's a lot. Like, you know, there's like 50 more people in that room than you get the impression of than what you're watching on screens of all the production staff. So maybe it's, maybe it was just an overwhelming experience. The idea of being that made up or dancing or performing was overwhelming. But as the show crept on, it became clear that there were. Yeah, issues. no. So do you want to talk a little bit? I know you had said before, <laughs> we'll talk about um, gay men and their mothers. Do you want to speak at all to your relationship with your mother? And I can speak to mine. Uh, Sure. Uh, I I love my mother very much. She's always been very supportive of me. And we are basically the same person. I was in a bad mood one time and I caught myself in the mirror while pouting. And I have exactly the same frown lines in exactly the same place. It was a little terrifying. Um, You know, like most gay men, Dan Savage has a great line about like gay men's relationship with their mother isn't what makes them gay. It's just a bonus. So yeah, I was always a little closer. I was like, it's not that I'm not close to my father or that we're estranged or anything, but it's like, you know, growing up, I would want to be like, you know, in the kitchen helping my mom make something or, you know, like, or we used to watch like, 
I would get home from kindergarten and we would watch Heart to Heart together on syndication in syndication reruns. So like, you know, stuff like like those are that was my life. So like I and yeah, of of my family members, I'm probably still closest to my mom. She's the person I talk to most often about the most things. So yeah, I think it's just as much as I object to stereotype, there are many ways in which I am one. Because yeah, totally, I was a mama's boy growing up, and uh, that's, still that's am. Very so cute. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, so I have a more complicated relationship with my mother. My parents had six kids in a five-year window, um, which is chaotic. I don't even think it's just the six kids. I think it's the narrowness of that. Um, there were multiple births and failed attempts at birth control until both of them got both of their tips their tubes tied after having triplets without any help um medically they were hoping to not have any more children after three so it was you know it's a lot and i think uh that stretched the that stretched my parents past their limits both of them and i'm sorry i will cut this but i when you said that stretched, my brain went to a few you're, other. You, you're fine, and Sorry. you're fine to keep Sorry, that in. <laughs> that stretched, I think, their the limits of their capacity and their fortitude, and the fortitude of their marriage, and eventually that did end. And I was always, as a little kid, my father, my grandfather was dying of cancer when I was a baby, and so I was always at the hospital with my mom for that. And then my younger brothers were born, and they had a lot of medical issues because they were triplets born quite a long time ago. Um, and they had a number of health issues and were in and out of hospitals. And so I was always with my mother kind of crying, being held the first like four years of my life. We're very close. I was a very articulate little kid. I think I was inherently just immediately the little boy who like, I think for the same reasons you're describing, I was interested. I'm a phenomenal cook because of my mother. I was the one who was interested in being in the kitchen with her. My sisters weren't, um, and my mom to this day would say I'm the person in this world that she is closest to. That said, I do look a lot like my father. I tend to be more organized in type A. And my mom is kind of a Southside equivalent of what you imagined Baga's mom to be like. Um, she's very <laughs> fun. She's very spirited. She's of my 33 first cousins. She's the favorite aunt of all of them. She is. She's a divorcee in glittery red high heel shoes who likes to go to Vegas and cut a rug on the dance floor at the weddings. She's a good time. She's a good heart. I love her a lot. I've often been the voice of reason. We argue, but we argue all the time because we're so close. And I know that it has been off-putting to a few people on the outside occasionally in life. And so I see a touch of, I know that there's some dysfunction in my relationship with my mother, and I've felt judged by it um i do feel like in recent years i've gotten a lot better about being zen with her crazy and uh more diplomatic when i'm like hey mom why don't we not do that ridiculous thing and you just let me take care of thanksgiving um but i love her and we are very close and i care about her deeply there have been times when our relationship has been tense where I've seen a a dash of what I saw between Vaga and her mother. But Vaga and her mother's relationship, like, so there were so many moments where, like, a few moments, you know, it's totally understandable to have a tense relationship with your parent. Not everybody's perfect. Not every parent-child relationship is healthy or perfect. And there's so much that you can overlook or be like, well, I don't really know. 
But my feeling watching Bag and her mom was like, her mom was there, ready, willing, and able to try, sheepish and concerned, but she would pick up like a bow. She'd make a suggestion. Anything she did, uh, Bagger responded by spiritually smacking her hand. She she gave her not a an inch of space to participate, to have ideas, to try to help, in a way that to me was so uniquely extreme and just nuts. Like, I think Baga belongs on OCD medication based purely on her relationship with her mother. It was insane. What were your thoughts? <laughs> I get what you're saying. Like, I totally get what you're saying about the, like, not responding to any suggestions and being hyper in charge. And I have to say that if it were me and my mother, I think we'd actually both be doing that because we're both, like, very type A nurturers where it's like, oh, I want to take care of every Everything has to be fine and I will make everything fine. And we both do that. And it can be exasperating. Like, the, you know how you fall yeah. into the same patterns yeah. with the, your parents? Like, you're just, yeah. So, like, the one for me and my mom is, like, my mom will ask, like, one or two questions too many, making sure I'm okay. And I'm like, I am staring down the barrel of 40. I can run my own life. And it's very hard not to interpret a fourth or fifth question about my eating or sleeping habits as not a little is not a little dismissive and i know that's not how she means it and i have to remind myself of that sometimes so it's like i get that sense of like i'm going to be in charge because i know i'm going to be in charge and then i'll make everything perfect so i kind of get that clash but there was something undergirding it that was so much clearly... bigger so much yeah. bigger so exceptional like I've, I've truly, I feel like I've seen a lot of dysfunctional families in my life, and I have never seen anything like that. I feel like I cannot be hyperbolic in describing this, but everything I'm saying sounds so hyperbolic. No, there, there were several points where you almost had to be like, why did you both agree? Like, there was no other female relative. You could have said, hey, your mom's not available, so we got your best Judy. Like, they, it, it, it was just like... The energy here has something going on that made me wonder why Bagga's mom agreed to do the show. Either she's not aware of this problem or was hoping this would overcome that problem. Like, there there was something else. And I don't know what it is specifically because they didn't get into it deep enough. I mean, at all, really. Like, they didn't get into yeah. it at all. Um, and I felt like her mom was there and present and trying to participate. As far as I could tell, the problem was not at all her mother. Or her mother's mousiness. It was Baga. And it was Baga yeah. entirely. Um, do you want to just talk completely about this, like, through to the runway? Well, sure. Let's let, let's pivot to the runway. Let's talk about it and then pivot to the runway so we can talk about everyone else's runway after. So the last thing we talk about is not this. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Um, so I just, it was unnerving and I felt like you saw so much pain and wanting to try in her mother's eyes and Baga would never for two days of filming would never give her a fucking inch of space to try it all anywhere at all um and then they walked the runway and then and those looks were hideous and ghoulish and terrible and were bad enough that Baga belonged in the bottom based solely on the styling she went with and then she used yep. her mother's bashfulness and her having to dress a woman of a certain age to be a big hindrance over and over again 
and and any attempt the judges made to talk to her mom or to mitigate some of the the terrible things Baga was saying, Baga just kept digging that hole unendingly. Uh, and it was I was screaming at the television. I was I've never been so physically uncomfortable watching television before, and I've seen the movie Hostel. Um, it was. <laughs> no, uh... We were chatting with Buffy Cummers yesterday, and and she was like, "I literally watched the episode through crossed fingers." Yep, and she's not wrong. Oh yeah, like it was like watching a horror movie. I screamed at the television. I do not scream at the television. I screamed like involuntarily. Um, it was so unsettling and deeply disturbing. In a weird way, I'm glad that this reality television show showed this because you never see anything like this, and it's always like. Yeah. Alyssa Edwards' father is Skyping in to say he's no longer ashamed to have a gay son. And Melissa's supposed to be like, that's so great. And it's like, that's more complicated and you're commodifying a complex emotional relationship. Uh-huh. So in a weird way, I'm like glad they showed it, but it was deeply unsettling to experience. Yeah. My my only theory that like that... I have no theory. Any... I have no theory. Go on. <laughs> the... The only thing that would make sense for her mother to come in that willing to try and Baga not willing to try at all is, and I'm just armchair psychologying here and I'd love to hear your thoughts. If Baga's mom were some kind of recovering addict in a way that prevented her from being a present parent during her formative years, or if Baga's father was not, you know, great and Baga resents mom for staying. Those are the only two things. Like, there's something there that, like, I even if even if Baga's mom reacted badly to having a gay son, that doesn't get us all the way to what we witnessed. You know, like, like if it were an otherwise functional relationship, and Baga's mom had a nutty when she when she when he came out, that hurts. But that's a different kind of resentment. There's something there where it's like I'm not willing to try, even with you visibly trying. That makes the only thing that makes like sense to me that something other than Bag is just insane is that this there's some other cycle they have in which Baga's mom makes a good faith effort to try and fails in some catastrophic way. And that's all I got. Yeah. I, I had no theories until you brought up the Baga has a terrible father and the mother doesn't leave him or possibly has stood by his side or defended him while he's been terrible or abusive to Baga because that not I had no theories until you said that and when you said that I was like oh yeah that is I've seen first off I have seen that dynamic before I've known a lot of gay men with terrible parents that they barely speak to for good reason I mean it's 2019 I'm glad that that's less common but I know those people and when you said that I was like oh that is what that dynamic is just really magnified upsettingly uh yeah, no, that would make sense to me, honestly. Like, and it's sad for me to realize how much that would make sense to me. Oh, it was God, not. Still... It was not her mother's mousiness that she was worried about. Yeah. Uh, she. Yeah. She like yeah. her mother knows nothing about her drag. Not even in Vivian engaging in small talk was the was Baga willing to like let her mother in on knowing anything about what Baga's like as a stage performer. Like, I uh, yeah. the way that she, yeah. the way they were talking. They're emotionally estranged and all but estranged, even if Baga still shows up for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Agreed. It was hard. It was hard to see. Um, huh. So, 
yeah, let's go down that runway. So Cheryl and her sister walk in, um, oh my God, why am I forgetting? Fringe bodysuits. Um, they look very similar. They have identical hair. Her sister is like an inch shorter with the shoes and looks like a plus size version of her. They also, Cheryl gives great face and knows how to perform in a dancerly way. The sister was just off but, like, on enough and was doing the same thing and have fun and smiling. Cheryl choreographed what I thought was seductively fun dance moves that really took advantage of the uh, fringe and allowed and created, had body movements that accentuated it and made it fun and performed it. I know Michelle Visage does not like fringe bodysuits. As far as I am concerned... Cheryl Hole walked down the runway with a family member who looked exactly like her, wearing engaging costumes that she danced effectively with, both both for her and herself, and gave the best and most entertaining performance. If we're actually looking objectively at this challenge, regardless of Michelle Visage's feelings, as far as I'm concerned, Cheryl Hole won this challenge. Um, that's my thought. On that, like, in indisputably, in my opinion, like, Cheryl won the challenge. I know she went home this week. She also won the challenge, um, as far as I'm concerned. I would disagree with one. I would say, like, I, I, we're going to... We can I was go down the other runways. Like, we can go down the other runways and then discuss this if you want. I'm just... Yeah, because I, I... No, I... Because basically... I think Cheryl did very well, and it was, like, the best version of Cheryl. So then it just becomes a broader question of whether is what Cheryl is selling something you want to buy. Because Cheryl's not going to do it better than that. She did it very, very well. I completely agree. Like, even the sister being a little bit off in the time, it was one of those, like, it was a cohesive, charming act that was absolutely on brand for Cheryl Holt. The only thing you can say against it is I'm whether or not I'm that interested in seeing more of it. And I think that's ultimately why, even given Bagagate, uh, it's still justified that Cheryl went home. But I'll get well, I'll get to that in the lip sync. Uh Davina's was it I, isn't. I thought Davina did really <laughs> It isn't, but go on. Yes. There'll be arguments. Yeah. Um For Davina, I here, here we go. Like, Davina also walked straight down the center line of Davina's aesthetic. And it was just better for me. It was, like, more interesting. Adding the separate little baby bump was hilarious and charming and super cute. And I think the kid has to be gay now. I think that's one of those just, like, psychic energy things that is now unavoidable. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I found, like, you could say both Cheryl and Davina did classic them well why don't we just talk i i was so elaborate in describing cheryl's runway that i was like just letting you know as far as i'm concerned this is the winner we can just talk about davina's runway and talk about the viz runway and then talk about who we think should have won so tell tell me what you think of you you why don't you finish up on davina's runway and then we can move on to the viv uh yeah i i loved the detailing it was that balance it was a good balance of uh uh, eye for detail without being ridiculous and it was it wasn't like the only thing the outfits had going was the labor put into them they were they were cute and fun and uh and Davina doesn't look as much like Cheryl as uh Davina doesn't look as much like her sister as Cheryl looks like hers but they still looked like 
an act. Like they like had they broken out into sisters from White Christmas, I would have bought it completely. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with that assessment. Um, all right. So then, what did you think of the Viv and her mom? Uh, I liked about ninety percent of it. Yeah, I felt um, like the Viv put a wig on her mom that was styled in a wide way that works for the proportions and widths of the Viv's very large, wide face. But on her mom, just absolutely looked like an absurd Pomeranian hair. Like, bizarre, not Pomeranian. What's that dog? I forget what the dog breed is. But it looked like, it just No, I think absurd. you mean a Pomeranian. Whatever. Yeah, I think you what, got it. Pomeranian, yeah. I don't think it was a Pomeranian. But whatever it is, it is a bizarre hairstyle and width for her mom that looked, it just, the Viv's wide face, we've seen her in that wig before. It suits her. Her mom's yeah. facial width is about half the size of hers. It looked absurd on her. It looked absurd. Yeah. I like the I, I like the idea of this like gothy queen and princess that was working for me. The Viv looked great. Uh I love the mom's makeup. Mom's makeup was gorgeous yeah. and she should adapt. She she should like find ways to bring it down from drag, but keep the lessons learned um <laughs> uh in her day to day. Uh I liked the kind of like shiny bathrobe it was like it was just luxe enough to not be bathrobe or if it was it was like because i'm so rich i don't have to get dressed today like i i loved the aesthetic it was fun and mom sold it like she, i think she was having fun I agree. in that show i agree i agree i didn't love the vids. it was the wigs i feel like viv's hair was fine her mom's hair not so much the mom's outfit was great i felt like the viv's outfit was okay but should have been better like to me, she needed to be a little more cinched. Yeah, to me, this like the Viv is such like an A plus student, and this was like a B minus for me. Uh, and it was like it was fine, and the mom was there. I wish the Viv chose a different outfit for herself and a different hairstyle for her mom, but otherwise, I thought it was it, good. It was that weird pendant clip right in the center that really ended up accentuating the weird floppy dog. I hair. agree. I agree. I agree. Um, like. Had she had she just done that swept back and like even like a simple kind of updo, I think that would have killed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then we were getting into it early. Let's get back to it and start from the beginning. Who do you think actually belonged in the top and the bottom? I think top. I think top were Davina and the Viv, uh, and my argument is there was more interest in those looks. I would accept arguments for swapping out the Vivian and and Cheryl based on like like Cheryl completed her th- Cheryl had a goal and Cheryl completed more of her goal. The other queen's goals were more difficult. This was a well-executed easier routine. So that's that's how like like I'm a East German gymnastics judge. I'm being like you had a like your degree of difficulty was lower, so even if you achieve it perfectly, you still have fewer points you can earn than a Im- slightly imperfectly executed, more difficult act. What was more difficult about the Vivs? That the outfits were more complicated? The look just had more impact for me. Okay. Like if it, it felt like a more complete story. Like, I think the line about it, yeah, feeling like a queen and a princess really was an accurate read. There was some drama to it. And it's not that it was unexpected from the Viv. That's very in the Viv's wheelhouse. But, like, Cheryl, maybe Cheryl could have done, like, one small thing to to vary it up 
that would have like and even that like the comparison of like one tiny change to the aesthetic would have screamed because of how often we've seen Cheryl in that look I just felt like Cheryl, Cheryl did basic Cheryl very well and after eight episodes that's not as interesting do you remember how Cheryl and her sister performed this runway yeah they they, they were very good dancers Okay. Or collectively. Like, Cheryl was a very good dancer. Her sister was an okay dancer, and it largely worked. Or it, I'm not denying that it was a good, they fun performance. They sold the fuck out of it. Head, head and shoulders above anybody else on that stage. As much as a sequence bodysuit is a drag queen staple, it is a drag queen, queen staple for a reason, especially amongst the dancers. Because they can articulate the fringe to articulate the movements. Cheryl created choreography that her sister could handle and manage and gave face the whole time. She performed the fuck out of that runway and chose to, despite Michelle's aversions, go with fringe bodysuits because she knew that she could work the fucking hell out of them. So as far as I'm concerned, this was a runway where... And Cheryl also had the family resemblance, the royal family. It was practically her fucking twin. As far as the actual challenge goes, Cheryl knocked it out of the fucking park and won. Uh, Davina did a very good job and is a close second, and I would not argue swapping her. The Viv did what I felt for her was subpar work. And her mother was present in there. It was fun, but the looks could have been better. And it was just a walk and a smile. Cheryl sold the fuck out of it. The Viv and her mom walked and smiled. Uh, Cheryl had a whole, like, choreographed dance routine that the outfits were part of, a la Brooklyn Heights. Obviously, Baga belonged in the bottom for all of the reasons, and I don't need to say anything more about that. But to me, these tops and bottoms were completely fucking insane and made no sense. And it was like, this is just a cumulative thing. This isn't... We're not actually oh, judging yeah. the challenge that we're putting in front of you because Cheryl went I, home not... on a challenge that she won. Oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll completely agree that the episode was structured to send Cheryl home. Because, uh, and, and yeah, because uh, from a, well, I'll ask it this way. Even given that Cheryl won, do you think she should then be in the top three? Do you think she should be in the top three by virtue of having won the challenge, or do you still think the other three are just more interesting queens for a for a final episode? I think when you have an episode where the one person who hasn't won a challenge clearly knocks it out of the fucking park, it's completely in their lane and indisputably wins, but you try to pull back acknowledging that in order to not have them win, and then you have somebody who, a la Silke Ganache, which for me, bag up fully Silke Ganache this episode, uh, you assume will be a fan favorite and loved, so come hell or high water, you're going to do whatever you can, including clearly picking a lip-sync song that is one she does all oh. the time. Le- yeah, all the even, time. Yeah, I- and then, like, yeah. like, here's the thing. I know there are machinations, I know there's production. Do not insult me with your production. This episode was <laughs> deeply insulting. I like this makes the Tatiana sending Alaska home look like fucking nothing. Like this is so fucking absurd. Baga has For, no I, I love room, no space 
in that top three. Cheryl absolutely deserved because she she knocked it out of the park and Baga had like a psychiatric meltdown throughout the whole thing and never repented in any way. And then they handed her a song that she obviously does all the time and Cheryl's never done. She was dead in the eyes, but on autopilot. And so they gave it to her because she did it better because she obviously does it. It was insulting. It was insulting. Oh, no. I, I, first of all, I love that you're so angry. You said that Tatiana so sent ang- Alaska home. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I am so angry. I am so angry. I will completely agree that the lip, choice of lip sync song was nakedly manipulative. Like, nakedly. Like people, nakedly. They obviously didn't have that lined up. That was, oh, this is Baga's staple. So that's what we're doing because it's the only way... On fucking earth, we could possibly edit this to justify keeping her around. And they didn't even do that. What the fuck? Like, at least at least when Jinx got uh, the Emma Sumac song, Jinx killed it. She, she really, like, this was worse than that. That was, oh my god, this was so much worse than that. This was so much worse than that. Like, up until, up until the runway interviews... I was still largely okay with the idea. Like, after watching the runway, but before anyone talked, my I thought to myself, well, it's going to be Baga and Cheryl in the bottom two, and Cheryl's going to go home because even though she's good, she's not good enough to say I'm good enough. I'm, I have something different to show you to be in the top three. And I was largely okay with that. I am substantially <laughs> less okay after Baga tripled down like both on the runway and in the workroom after it's like dig I I yelled at my TV dig up stupid it just I oh god like I almost don't want it like part of me doesn't want to say Baga shouldn't be in the top three Baga should I not be in the, the top three of the four of the four queens who are in that episode the three I am most interested to see what they do in the finale are Baga Davina and the Viv I like I know. I already know what Cheryl would have done in the top three. And that's my only internal resistance to her being in the top three is that even if she does what she does perfectly, it's just not as innately interesting to me as the other Queens. All of that is true, but she knocked this out of the park and Baga totally fucked it up. I don't disagree. And the longer we're talking, the closer I'm getting to agreeing with you that Baga shouldn't be in the top three. It just hurts to say. And it's like, oh, God. It just, all of it feels bad. Yeah. Ugh. No, it really does. Um, and I understand what you're saying about what Cheryl isn't going to be that, in- does is not going to be that interesting. Like, she not to, knows not to her sh- lane over- and she like stays in it and she does it very well. I get your point. And after a certain point, I get why they edit in the direction to have more interesting queens in that top three. But like, th- you're going to put it, if you put a challenge up and this is like the last before it's the top three and somebody nails it and somebody like, it's not even an F, it's a U. Like, <laughs> you can't, and then you do that with the lip sync so transparently, like, how insulting. It's like it was a meritocracy up until last week, and now it's just, and like, I, not. No, I, I get that. My my only counter in my head is that Cheryl being in the top three makes it a top two between Davina and the Vivian. I know, but, like, you risk that having these weekly episodes, and, like, you just... To some extent, production has to suck it up and accept that Cheryl came in and gave us, like, what is an A performance, and 
Baga had the biggest breakdown of anyone. No, I agree. I, I, I'll say this. It's kind of a moot point for me because, okay, I'm going to walk myself back. Baga can't win anymore. Baga can't. That's, you, Baga cannot win. St- yeah, yeah. Stop she taking had, words out of my she mouth. She had it in the bag. It's gone. It's out of that bag. Yeah, no, you, no, you're you're right. My my argument was that putting Cheryl in the top three makes it a top two. But unless the first ten minutes of next week are Baga with a therapist and her mother issuing a heartfelt, nuanced, genuine apology that does not start with the word "if," uh, she can't win. Like she can't. Ugh. God, you're right. I know. Like, like she'll she'll have to like go on an apology tour and come back for All Stars. Now, there's just no other way. I agree. That I think. I even think like you know how Rue will pull people that were fan favorites into All Stars relatively early. I think Baga's gonna have to have a good three year calming period for the fans after this episode before it's even like an option. Yeah. Uh and yeah. and here's the crazy thing. I like Cheryl. She's not exceptional, but she knows exactly her lane. It's chosen with intention. She knows the great comedic beats for it and she never fails to deliver. She delivers a certain type of basic tongue and shake dancing bespeckled bodysuit drag queen at an A level all the time. I'm not getting anything new or unexpected, but she does it well. She's likable. She totally knows that it's basic, but it's like, what's fun for her? And she's fine with it. I, I, this judgy bitch over here on this side of this Skype call, I like Cheryl Holt. Who thought that was going to happen at the top of this podcast? Well, not me when you kept calling her Cheryl Pohl, despite being corrected on mic several times. A thousand times, times yeah. Um, I will say, and we, we, we knocked her genetically engineered thing. Like, in retrospect, I, I, I do have to give full respect for her ability to process the challenge through her look 100%. Yeah. Like, oh, no. It I was, get, it was will... like, frustrating to me that she managed to stay Asics, uh, Essex basic, basic Bitch. Wow, I'm so emotional. I cannot speak. Um, she managed to say, stay... Essex basic bitch while doing the challenge because I wanted to see her be pushed to do something further. But in a lot of ways, it is really impressive that she managed to stick yeah. the landing between those two things so perfectly. Yeah, God. Like, and what's funny is when you think about it, even with the like, 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 say Baga was getting the silky treatment and she, they wanted she to. She did. Leave. She did. Well, okay. I was worried I at the top. To it didn't happen, but. Between these past two episodes, she is absolutely silky ganached. Right. So what I'm saying is, given that they anointed her fan favorite and wanted her to win, what the hell did they not put in the episode? If this is what they had to put in, because that's all they had, what didn't we see? I don't even want to know. Like, I truly don't. Based on the edit, I get the impression that it... I mean, I think that there would be weird hanging moments where it was, like, worse than it was. So I... On some level, I think they probably didn't. There's nothing too crazy that we missed, but yeah, maybe if there is, I don't think I want to know. Please keep that curtain shut. God. So, all right. Sorry for getting so um, 
no, angry. No. I hope that my yelling no. is not a problem in your editing. I was obviously very passionate about it. Don't don't worry if I if I uh, I, I have I have magic editing skills. It'll be fine. Um, I as much as I hate to say it, I uh, should have gone home. If it, it's it. It's taken me like the three days since I watched the episode to acknowledge it because, like, like, my, I, like here's the thing: Baga should have been in the bottom for the runway alone. Yep, the runway was terrible. Yep. If Baga had not undergone whatever weird psychological transformation she did, I think I would still be resting on the Baga is more interesting and will make a more vibrant top three than Cheryl argument. I cannot make that now because this is an albatross around her neck. For the for a good long time. Yep. Yeah. Ugh, God. Ugh. This is this is a rough episode. It is. It is. In a lot of ways. It is. It is. Uh, Buffy Cummers was. I I I wish she was here to get her perspective, but I also feel like she, via just text exchange, I think that we would be here for like two hours. Arguing and consoling and one another, like and in a weird way, I'm like maybe, maybe it's good it was just you and me hashing this out. And ironically, the reason Buffy's not here is she's actually getting brunch with her mother. Yeah, which I still say we should have just skyped the both of them in. Yeah, <laughs> I love that she offered to <laughs> Skype in and have an argument with her mother for us. Uh, uh. All right. Okay. Okay. So it's also just like. I've been hanging my hat on this season as like the nice little charming Britishy spot of humor and lightness in an otherwise terrible universe. Uh, wh- to anyone in the post-atomic ruins listening to this, we are deep in the middle of the impeachment inquiry, and I have no idea how it ends yet. So uh, that's where we are. The darkest timeline. And it was like, this episode was such a needle scratch in terms of tone. Yeah, it really it, was. It was just like... Like, it was so much fun. And this episode, in several places, was still fun. Davina was delightful. Like I, Oh, there was a lot that was tra- great about it. But the Baga meltdown and the Baga machinations were, like, exceptional. But there was a lot that was fun and otherwise, it, for sure. I agree. Yeah. And it was the way she stuck to it. Like, like, I remember all the way back to, like, season two of Project Runway when they brought on designers' relatives to be the models for their designs and someone tried to play the while I'm dressing a woman of a certain age and size card and it was hideous and tacky and stupid then and that was like the infancy of reality TV show. I I just, it's like, why would you even say, even if you thought it, why would you say it? Yeah, no, she worked against herself so, so much and lacked the self-awareness to do that, Rue can't put a crown on her head. That's like that's what the same reason she couldn't crown Kennedy Davenport. You can't put a crown on that. I mean, she's learned from I'm Tyra willing, Sanchez. I will allow for the hypothetical possibility that if Baga prostrates herself sufficiently in the next episode, and it oddly will have to be actually genuine. It can't just be. The I'm sorry if I offended you apology, non-apology. If Baga shows genuine remorse for her behavior, she probably still can't get the crown, but she'll at least come out not having damaged herself as badly. I mean, here's hoping. Wish in one hand, spit in the other. See which one gets filled first. Here's hoping. 
I don't see her having the self-awareness to do that. That is the most fucking Southside Irish thing I've ever heard you say, and I've known you 20 years. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do what I can. <laughs> uh, um, oh, thank you. I, I actually needed that. <laughs> uh, you're, you're very funny. Um, okay, well, I think that's, that is it for the episode. Um, I, I will say overall, I'm still loving Drag Race UK, and I do think it's like... Yeah. Like... This episode, garbage terrible. The the machinations for the bottom two last week, garbage terrible. They have definitely... Sil- I was worried they were going to turn Baga into a Silky at the top of the season, and I felt like they didn't until the end, but boy, did they in the end. Um, but I'm still like loving the season. I actually like Baga. I empathize with her. I feel sorry for her that... like Whatever is wrong that she behaved that badly... I feel compassion and empathy for her as a person that I'm like, you definitely, I can recommend some great therapists and some, and you know, I, they're doing a lot with OCD medications these days, like, but you need help, honey. Um, but I'm loving, like, I am still loving this season, even if yeah, this was yeah. a nightmare. And I think it'll be fun to watch the Vivian and Davina really go at it for the crown. I think they both have related, but still still unique perspectives and they're both very talented great um exe- they execute all of the their ideas very well so i think we're in for a very good finale still but who boy oh you know gonna... what i was just about to say we didn't even talk about so what did you think about rue's look the the interesting ballet dress uh god bitch has amazing legs still the makeup and hair were stunning. Like, I'm not a huge fan of that, like, Tinkerbell, Peplum, puffy, poofy ballet skirt thing. I think, like, it worked for the look. The proportions were, it, like, that was the look you were going for. The proportions for that look were perfect. It's not, like, my personal favorite, but Rue looked amazing. I loved it. I know not everybody loves that kind of look, that, that sort of silhouette as you described it, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I don't think it's something Rue would do with any regularity, but I'm glad that she's mixing it up and she looked great doing it. And I loved, what is her name, Michaela? I forget her last name from, um, is it Bubble? Chewing Gum. Chewing Gum, there we go. Yeah. God. I watched the first season of that. It's been a while now, but she's very funny. Can and we, she was very funny. Can as we talk about switch. her look? Her look was staggering. Yeah, she definitely has gays who put her together and definitely, like, lotioned her up before she went on. She was glistening. (laughs) She looked great. Well, that's all for this week's episode. This has been Reading Drag Race. I'm Condé Nasty. I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch. Bye. Bye!